0: My get up and go on SAFM. Influential people doing well in their respective fields. Good morning this morning and a happy Friday to you. Good morning, Mundo. Oh, Aish, there's a button that misbehaves here. Bravig, good morning this morning. Hey, man, take two. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, can you not hear me? Hello.
0: I can hear you now. Hey, f- I'm
1: not sounding awake at all, I suppose. How are you,
0: Mindre? Uh Maybe I should sound awake better than you, brother it, it, uh, You beat me you off wanna, the mark there.
1: <laughs> you are awake. I'm sounding awake. You are awake. You've been on air for, for a whole lot. i got to say, I admire people who can do a show at the time you're doing it. Hey, and, man, did you know I love Sting, by the way. You do? Uh, oh, are you kidding? I was 26 when we voted for the first time, so any, anybody who was alive at that time, at that age, had to love Sting. I always had a dilemma, though, because with the police having been what they were in South Africa, Yes. his band was called the Police, and I said, what kind of a man calls his band Police? But that just a South African thing, but no, he he's profound. One of the greatest musicians, bass player, and all around personality, just great thing. Yeah. A nice guy. A very, very nice guy. He's got a serious face though. He's got, he's got that silly, mean and kind of face that but but when you when you hear him speak, when you know what he does, when you listen to his music, you know. He's got a he's got a kind and soft side that that you cannot you cannot kill.
0: Nice to have you, brother Victor. You know, Africa. When you are there, we know Africa has already been open for business for quite some time.
1: It has been the only difference is in the scramble for Africa, Mingo, or the the first scramble, the the colonization and all that. It was open for exploitation in the eyes of many, but. Yes, Africans have been trading, they have been inventing, they have been solving problems their own way. And they were not all about this petty nation-state that we have today until 1884, 1885, when the Berlin Conference took place. And people decided, let's carve it fine amongst ourselves and share it. And here we are today, in of fighting who is... Tanzanian, who's Zambian, and we are even willing to go to war over it. And it's a tragic, it's a crying shame.
0: Yeah, it's very sobering sometimes. It makes the Roy Bosch, uh, find its way to the stomach very difficult sometimes.
1: <laughs> Roy Boss, by the way, that's another thing that an American, remember, tried to steal it from us, and she called it an American. She tried to register it as an American patent. Can you believe it? Roy Boss. In w- Texas,
0: but that's the exploitation I'm talking
1: about. All that we are, all that to village, village, we are going to go. Man, that's going to be a
0: nightmare. <laughs> come on, come on, brother.
1: Uh, I tell you, no, 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 my nyora, my nyora are doing much better, but not worse. <laughs> if you hear you call Muzumu so, they'll, they'll take you off. I mean, yeah. They sound
0: right. I must say a lot of us have admired how you have really traveled, uh, you know, the width and breadth of Africa and uh, unearthed these diamonds, these entrepreneurs, these successful businesses that people would never even think of doing and you brought them to life and that uh, in yep. many ways has opened a lot of investment opportunities uh, either way
1: you know and it's so amazing that i never would have imagined mingo let's be exact in october 2002 in october 2002 yes i was working as an independent consultant for for, for one of the big four audit firms and doing some research, but I had just finished a, a well, not finished, I was doing a, a show on SABC one called Take 5. I came in and, and I was contributing to their show on economics and financial issues. And a friend of mine who was a presenter then, Mokupi Mutwachai, she was then, she's now. Hey,
0: she's cute still, me, eh?
1: I'm watching on a project called Trans-Africa Radio with a lady called Busisi Wenduli. Yes. And we are looking for a producer of African business. No, she said we are looking for a producer of business. And I said, producer of business show? Yes. What do I have to do? She said, no, you only have to read newspapers and summarize for us what the stories are. I said, that sounds even easier than producing because just reading newspapers? She said, yes. I said, well, that's a press watch. I remember City Press had a column called Press Watch back then. I said, I can do press watch. I can read. I can write. I can speak. So I went in and I spoke to them until Bussi said, wait a minute. By the way, when you watch this press and you get the headlines for us, do not focus on South Africa. Then I said, wait, Busi, what do you mean I should write and talk about business and leave South Africa out? She said, exactly right. There are more countries in in Africa than just South Africa. And, and we, we know there's already enough on South Africa. That's how I started. And I started going on a website called Africa, allafrica.com, allafrica.com. Yes, And yes. checking the best tech. And I was shocked how much I found out. Because to be honest, at the time, I was a typical South African. And I'm saying this with respect to my country. I was a typical South African who believed there was South Africa and Africa. So I was, I was one of those who would say, huh, this is Africa, and I'm going to Africa, suggesting that I am doing it from the tip of the of this continent, but I'm not really African. So that is that. And traveling, mingle makes you realize how small you are. If you get out of your village, if you get off your street and go to the next one, you find you're not as big a deal as you think you are. And that's what happened to me. I learned in Uganda, and I look at it and say, come on, this can't be real. These matatus and these congested taxis and traffic jams. And then I find somebody who, who shames you because they just know so much. They know your history better than you do, and you don't know a thing about them. So the more I did that, the more I realized, and luckily, radio was a blessing because I was invited to speak about it every week. And although they gave me just five minutes to do it, I prepared for sometimes three hours for that. And I think it just came through, the passion I had. And after 10 years of doing it, 2013, I decided to write a book called Africa is Open for Business. And all it was, as you say, it was the gems, the diamonds, of Africa, the headlines that are proving that Africa is headed in the right direction and we have to just open our minds to
0: it. Is, is, when you were given this opportunity, Bravik, after realizing that, you know, we don't only have South Africa and Africa, but African nations and states, is, yes. is, is this where the, the title Afro-optimist came up?
1: It did because after literally after after a year, the, the lucky thing I have, Mingo, is I learn very fast. If I if I put my mind to something, my blessing that I learn very fast. I don't I don't have to work too hard if I'm focused. And maybe it's the teacher in me because I'm trained as a teacher, and teachers are the best learners if they if they do because you know your job is to teach somebody, but you can't teach if you can't learn. And so it was exactly where it came from, certainly because when you find out more and more and i and i remember this was 2002 all i knew about rwanda was the genocide and i kept reading about this country that i said no wait this country is headed in a different direction and i don't think we're talking about it in 2004 i started talking about rwanda i only visited the country by the way in 2009 but by that time i knew so much about it that People started thinking, are you paid by the government of Rwanda to say the things you say? <laughs> and I say, no, I am not. But if you knew what I know about this country, you would also talk about it.
0: Because the passion, I remember hearing you talk about, is it Kenya? The, the coffee story. and The and, coffee story. Yes. A,
1: no, the coffee. Yes, Kenya is a coffee producer. But coffee is, is, is originating, it, oh, coffee originates in, in, in Ethiopia. The, the name coffee itself is derived from the word kaffa, which is a plate near Oromia in Ethiopia. And it is, so it is original. And the reason I'm passionate about the story is that Ethiopians taught Americans a lesson they'll never forget. Starbucks tried to take coffee and, and make it their own without acknowledging where it comes from, especially when it comes from Ethiopia. And Ethiopians fought them bitterly, and they were four Starbucks there. That, that when they sell coffee from Ethiopia, they should call it on their menu, Ethiopian coffee, because that way then the coffee farmers of Ethiopia get the royalties, and the country gets acknowledged as the as the birthplace of coffee. So it, that's the passion I have. And and Manda, you think we drink coffee here? And <laughs> Until I went to Ethiopia, I could not believe. I mean, people will tell you sense about coffee, and they they are all talking about how great this coffee machine, how coffee, great this coffee brand is, and I won't mention brand. But when you are in Ethiopia, it's a religion, man. you, you, you. They even have after dinner, by the way, something they call the coffee ceremony. So after you have had your meal with some of the most beautiful live performances that you can only see in Ethiopia, then they they burn the coffee beans and the smoke fills the air and, and the Ethiopian women come and do their dance and then it becomes a whole carnival and then they give you a small macchiato kind of size, very strong. And and when I looked at that cup, I looked at it, I, I thought of the words, and they're in my book on the chapter about Ethiopia. I call it the deep, dark stare of this, coffee and I said, my goodness, this coffee has an Abyssinian attitude about it because it's strong but when you're in that festival mood you drink it without sugar and you, you say, wait, I thought I didn't like the taste of coffee, but it's just how they make it. They, they use coffee so much, even to advertise you before they serve you food. They will burn coffee beans because the smell tends to 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 stir that aroma in the air, and then you get appetized and you you just enjoy your food a whole lot better so those are the things I'm passionate about, one of my own teaching me to do something the way they've always done it and and you just feel better man I just feel better when I'm with some of my own and i i mean, I mean I'm celebrating what they are good at.
0: You know, somebody can safely say, you have the best job on the market. You're having fun.
1: (laughs) I'm not funny. I'm not having fun. And that's the thing. And that comes from a quote of of one of my father's favorite poems, a a poem called The Sum of Life by H.W. Longfellow. And, And at the point, it says, not enjoyment and not sorrow. Is our destined end away, but to fight and strive, there is tomorrow times as far as today. And how I interpret it is, we are not on this earth to just have fun or to be sad. We are here to make it a better place. So yes, if you love what you're doing, even if it's not pleasant, if you believe enough in it and you put enough passion, before you know it, manla you are doing what you love. because. You learn to love it first. So you give your best to what you do, and suddenly, without even trying, you are doing what you love. So true, when I talk about Africa, as you can hear, it's 4.30 in the morning, but I'm as animated as a little boy because I can't think of a better thing to do than tell the story of my people to my people first so they believe in it, and then tell it to the world until the world respects us. Because the world is going to only respect us as much as we respect ourselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah, brother Victor. what's this. I think there's a lot of I'm Ethiopian.
1: All right. you coffee that? You coffee? I,
0: I was just thinking there's a lot of Ethiopian coffee in the house. You you know all the rituals involved.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, no. It, it's true. As I said, you know, I could be having the worst day, Mingo. I could be having the worst day. Yeah. But if you give me a chance to talk about Africa, I forget everything. for so at that moment I can't be touched. I am the biggest man on the stage. You it doesn't matter what 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 I'm going through and I've gone through a lot in my in my fifty one year life. But and th- and- I can assure you that when you put me on stage and say, Tell us about Africa, nobody's bigger than me at that time.
0: Could the song Something Got Me Started by Simply Red be your theme song?
1: A theme song of my own, you say?
0: Yeah. Because we're,
1: we're, it's, it's, it, it would have to have to do with Africa. You know, there's a song called Now or Never by, by Tsepo Tzola. Yes. And and, and Sankomota, yes. Not yeah. It, it, you, I play that song I just get reminded because it says Africa you've been waiting for other people to do things for you, get up and do something yourself, for yourself, and it's now or never. So when I look at Africans messing up so much, when we have have the wealth unmatched by any other territory or region or continent in the world, but we are messing it up because we don't have faith and belief in ourselves. And whether we will ever wake up collectively, because we have many woke as they say, African. But we need to be awake as a collective, man. Because sure. until we are awake as a collective and organized for power. Organized for power, we will remain somebody else's lunch.
0: Ish. Brother Victor, what gets you up in the morning and what happens when you get up before you put on that tie and you get your car keys?
1: I go to gym. I I've had to learn to go to train, and this is something I started in 1985 when I had left my village in Limpopo because my my father was although he was a professional working in the in the Le Bois government then as a rural extension officer agriculture he he worked he worked early in the fields and because he he said my salary cannot be enough for all of you we were nine nine children in the family. And he said, there's no way I earn enough to support all of you, so we've got to work. So I saw him work hard in the morning before he goes to work and come back and take off his tie and go in the field. So he took us along, and we hated it at the time, but I learned the power of waking up in the morning because you, you, catch, you catch the tired early, and once you are up and going with physical exercise, it's hard for you to be despondent during the day because it's almost like you've overcome resistance. Although you created that resistance yourself, it carries you through the day. And before you know it, it's your drug. It's your habit. And you. if you don't do it in the morning, you get grumpy. So that's my routine. I, I, I work out or I go running or something physical because it just, if you're strong, as they say, a healthy mind is a good house for a healthy body. I mean, a good, a healthy mind lives in a healthy body. Better, yeah. We're
0: chatting to a man of many talents, Bra- Victor Khamaswana. He's a freelance uh, conference speaker, co- program director, workshop facilitator, consultant on African business, he's also a philanthropist. Bravicta, do you still do this thing with your friends uh, when your birthdays come around? You uh, look for somebody who needs uh, a, a little help and you take money to them. Please tell us about that quickly.
1: Yeah, it's called dining for good. In in 2000, a friend of mine got paralyzed in a car accident, and in 2003, he's still alive. By the way, he's, he's quite paralyzed from the neck down, but his, his passion is just unmatched. What's his he name? He went to varsity. What's his name, brother? Uh, What's his name, please? Joshua Joshua Rasopola. Josh. Yeah, Joshua Rasopola. He was an, he was a championship material badminton player. Now, when he got paralyzed. My friend and I, JJ Tavani to be exact <laughs> and and a young a guy called Amos Saviwa and a man called Shengani Matebula said, We we can be paralyzed. I said, Guys, is our friend who's paralyzed. We can't be paralyzed. What can we do for him? And I was about to turn thirty five in two thousand and three and I decided, let me let me see. I I went around asked friends, would you buy me a gift on my birthday? They said yes. And I said, How much would you spend? And a friend of mine called Gusi that, not Gusin Tuli, but another Gusi, said I would spend 150 rand. I said, Really? 150 rand? She said, Yes. I said, Okay, I'm going to invite you to my party on the 23rd of May, but I don't want you to bring me any gift. I want you to bring 100 rand, 150 rand. I'm going to charge you to be at my party. And that's how we founded the Joshua Rasputala Trust. And then it morphed later in. 2010 when I ran my second comrades and we called it dining for good. So we still do. The young man called Toshiani Mushamunyani joined us and he now collects books when because his birthday is the 21st of January. So we we have a trust that we we encourage anybody who's having a birthday and anniversary a wedding to rather than collect gifts say don't give me gifts but buy something for someone in need or collect the money and we take it to the person. And you choose. If you're a and you're from a certain village and you decide you want to collect money for your primary school, we do that for you. But we, I say to the young guys, it has to be an event that people will talk about. It can't be a sorry-looking event at the school hall. You've got to have a nice restaurant. So you have to do it in a way that the event is appealing. People will tweet or Instagram about it but then charge the people who come in so that you can make a bit of profit and that profit is what you take to a charitable cause.
0: Wow, fantastic stuff. Really and truly. So, what happens at the office when you
1: get there? At the moment, I'm mainly advising companies on what you can call stakeholder relations. Companies doing business on the continent end up in some kind of trouble or another because Maybe one officer or official of theirs didn't do the right thing, or they tried to bribe somebody and they get into trouble. <laughs> and so it's government relations, it's stakeholder relations, I facilitate that. But I also, as you, as you mentioned, I'm a conference chair. I'm actually chairing a conference today for the military ombuds. So I get hired to chair conferences. I still get invited to speak about Africa by many companies. I'm a freelance writer, and I'm what they call a ghost writer as well. Although I write for Sunday Independent for the past four years every week, I'm a ghost writer. So ghost writing, for those who might not know, is say you have, I don't know, the CEO of a company needs to write something because their PR people say it's important for you. But the CEO is busy, or the CEO doesn't want to write, or doesn't like to write, or a minister doesn't want to write something, or doesn't have the time. So you have to say, okay, I know Minister Manda Shongwe likes to speak like this. He thinks like this. This is his style. Then I go and write the article as if I am Manda Shongwe. And then the the people at his office will take it and byline it, which means they submit it to a newspaper. And the author is Manda Shongwe, not Victor Homoswana. That way, I'm like the ghost that does the right thing for you. And you'll come out and claim the credit. You will pay me for it. But it's often good for your image because it allows you to 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 market yourself or your organization without being forced to do what doesn't come naturally to you or what you don't have time for.
0: Jill, you said, Minister Manda, I can see my mother almost falling off her chair. Yeah. What?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, know what I know it to me. I know it. I know you will fall off your chair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <for your> <laughs>
0: Bravik, I like what you said. You can't teach if you can't learn.
1: No, you can't. Yeah. because well, If if you think about it, what did they say? They say example is better than precept, right? I can't yes. remember those. You know those students' companion proverbs and idioms we memorize growing up, man. If I am, I'm setting a better example. You're going to follow it better than if I tell you to do something. So if you are teaching people to read, for example, but they don't see you read, it's very difficult. But most of all, teaching somebody means they learning new ways of doing things, new ways of thinking, new ways of speaking. But now they find you are unable to learn. I'll give you an example, very simple example. My name is Homueso, and as you know, it's a long one. So I struggled. People have made fun of it all my life. And uh, But one that, what that has taught me, it has been to pronounce people's names properly and understand them because I can't say, hey, I don't like it when you call me Home Paswa or whatever you want to call me <laughs> because I'm not Home Paswa. But then I struggle to say Shongwe and I say Sha Shongwe Shongwa. I'm still called
0: Mandela, bruh.
1: Exactly, yeah. Mandela, yeah. Mandela, Mabeki. If you are not <laughs> having a willingness to learn new ways, how are you going to teach me to learn new ways? So it's, it's, it's the attitude I have. But
0: I think we're almost done because okay, we are going to hand over to Nomsam at 5 o'clock with the news. How do we get right. hold of you? Because you and I can actually talk beyond the studio and have some <laughs> yeah. coffee and talk more.
1: Excellent. I am on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. On on LinkedIn, obviously, I'm just Victor Homueswana. On Twitter, I am Victor Africa. That's my handle. And at Victor Africa. And if you want to even get, you must hashtag Africa is open for business. Because it is just going to get me excited. And and I will either respond to you or... But but Facebook, I'm on as Victor Homueswana. Twitter... LinkedIn, I'm on as Victor Venezuela, But on Twitter, I'm at Victor Africa. It's Bravo. the best way
0: to. You know, Africa is open for business. You just opened the weekend for us. Officially opened the weekend for us. It's open for business. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for rising so early to chat to us. Much luck to you. Keep up the good work. Stay on as an African optimist. And uh, I hope you have a lot of converts following you as well. We will chat Thank again. You. And next time, uh, maybe I'll write a speech for you.
1: Excellent. Thank you for the invitation, man. They keep doing what you're doing. Radio is a powerful medium, and you do it very well, my brother. With commitment, I know. I've known you a long time. You you really are doing a lot for your country and for humanity.
0: We tata chance. We tata my wireless, Bravik. Have a fabulous <laughs> weekend. Thank you ever so much, Bravik. Thank you, Minzo. Victor Kameswana on SFM. Thanks to Zalmakibi, Taberampapudistan Baraka. Thanks to Bravicta. And most of all, thanks to you for tuning in. And thanks for the messages. All the conversations we had and the questions we asked continue on Twitter. Um, Well... That's it. Uh, We'll see you on Sunday night as we wrap up the weekend on the wind Down Britain 10 at midnight. Right now it's five o'clock time for the ever so beautiful Nomsam Luli with the news. And then, of course, uh, Elvis Preslin will bring you uh, First Take SA. Have a fabulous weekend and a fabulous day. God bless.